Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Welcome to What Women Want with Amy Annette. Hello and welcome to the show where I and some great comedians look at the misadventures, misunderstandings and misogyny involved in being a woman. I always make sure every guest knows that the show is a judgment-free zone where you can share experiences of misunderstandings, of misogyny and reveal any misadventures. I can and should then reveal that I recently, when swimming, may or may not have raced a lady who came up alongside me by speeding up as we got close to the edge of course. I was silently elated to get to the poolside before her, but I was then immediately devastated by her social honesty when she said as she joined a panting me at the side, you beat me. And by saying it out loud, in that moment, of course, she won. (laughs) We're now at the end of season one, and so we're taking a little summer break over August as we travel to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Saturdays and Sundays at midday, Pleasance.com for tickets. Guests announced so far include Rose Matafeo, Phoebe Robinson, Kiri Prussia-McLean, Nish, Phil Wang, and more. But we'll be back in September with Season 2. As a massive thank you to end Season 1, here is a little experimental treat of a bonus episode recorded in a studio, so no live audience to laugh along with. You'll have to provide your own laughter track. With two absolute dreamboats, Sarah Barron and Tessa Coates. We're talking how to start. Hello and welcome to What Women Want. I'm Amy Annette and I'm here with Sarah Barron and Tessa Coates. Oh lovely. Thank you for participating in that roll call so nicely. Oh. Um, thank you for coming to What Women Want. How are you both today? So good and so excited to be here. I've always wanted to be on What Women Want. <gasps> You have done one. That is what I want. You have what, done. You, what you want I have done. I have done one. one. I have but we didn't one. record it, so did it happen? Yeah. No. I have done a few, actually. Yeah, true. But I, that is what I want always. Nice. Always to be on what women want. I'm, it's, it's a day in July that we're recording this. Can I say that? You can. And it's just a sunny, mm. summery day, which is my biggest gripe with living in the United Kingdom. And I love it here. But there's, there's not a proper sum, what I would define as a proper summer. There's never a click when you're like, I'm going to sweat every day now for three months. Oh. And so today feels like a day where I'm just going to sweat and it's going to be summer and I'm going to be present in that day. I love that. Wow. And also I think what a beautiful way to start the show with a real sense from the listeners that... They listen to three sweaty, sweaty, sweaty girls. ladies. So they <laughs> three sweaty. sweaty ladies. That's what I want in the summertime. Well, the theme today is what women want is to start. Yes. So let's begin. 
as you know, normally it's a live show. This is one of the first times we're trying it in the studio without it. audience. I encourage the people at home, provide your own laughter track. Imagine, yes. imagine if everyone thought it was live and they were just like, we just we wow, audience those. today. Yeah. Wow, we're not funny. <laughs> Sarah and they Tessa were not funny. They hated them. No, no, no. So much love in the room. So much. Take that H word out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the theme today is what we want is to start. And so start. like the live show, the sort of structure will be essentially the same. We'll each take a minute to, not even a minute, a few seconds, 30 seconds a minute I don't know you <laughs> to say what you feel you heard uh, in your head and your heart when the topic was what women want is to start I'll go first just to give a sense of my vibe and then I've got some questions for you great amazing you guys will be out and about in London town mm, in the sunshine it's sunny in the day sun. I'll be sweating with the best of them outside yes. in a minute so when I heard that the topic was what women want is to start I was surprised <laughs> <laughs> I was like who wrote that Smashing idea. Um, and I really don't want this to become like, you know, my absolute guilt pleasure is reading late at night uh, the articles which are titled things like Six Unusual Habits of the Highly Successful Person. Yes. Which is like, did you know Einstein never slept at all? <laughs> yes. Right. And you're like, sleep has been holding me yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. sat in a chair for 10 minutes. He sat in a chair for 10 minutes. <laughs> and he, that was enough for him. That was yeah. enough for him, guys. His power was in his hair. Um, and I, I don't want it to be that because I, I think that is almost like the worst aspects of where feminism is going, which is like using feminism like as a life hack to like mm. get more money at work right. or like get what you want. It's not a proper like you know, structural critique of the world. Um, anyway, basically, lazy is a big word for me. Lazy is a big word for me. I think it's my big internalized word. It's right. a word I used to sort of knock myself on the head when I feel like I'm not working hard enough. I'm like, well, of course, you're lazy. And I, I do think, I'm going to say that, am I feeling that way because I have, like, ingested the capitalist, like, blue pill? I'm like, I'm deep in the capitalist matrix. Right. And, like, there's nothing I can do that is enough because it makes much more sense for the system for us to feel like we're the failures rather than to look outside us and say, oh, no, society is failing me. So you say, so it's a lean in, the Sheryl Sandberg model, which is all about women leaning in more, like taking space at the table, really positive, really great. But then there's an aspect of that, which is like, are you telling women that if they were just a bit more confident, structural inequality would fall away? Mm -hmm. And that, in fact, it is their fault for not being more zhuzhy at the table that things aren't going well for them, rather than, like, it's not set up for them. So I'm, I want to investigate that with you guys. But I, I think, for me, I do wonder sometimes if I have, like, set up a feminism, which is just everything that I want to do uh, wrapped up in a bow, which makes me feel like I'm right on. Like, I right. want to eat bread. I do it for feminism. Shaving my legs right. takes quite a long time. I do it for feminism. You right. know, like, so I, I don't want to also be, like, my privileges. Like, I, I do want to take some ownership for what's going on as well. I don't want it just to be, like, if only the society was more pro-women, I would probably be more successful. <laughs> you know, I don't want it right, just right, right. I, on both sides of the coin. I'm trying to sort of see, find my place in the world. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what I hope one of the themes today will be about is, like, Almost like to start, to begin, is the everyone's scariest bit. Right. You know, you both have done stand-up, you do writing, you moved to this country, Sarah. You moved to America for a bit, Tessa. Like, you've both done things that people are would say are brave and are scary. And I'm sure that you don't call yourselves brave in that way. Who self-refers as brave? I mean, an American would do it. Oh, an American I, would, I, yeah, yes, I, of course. I won't today. <laughs> That's so true. I'm so brave. So brave for this, so brave. this coffee. 
lukewarm. Yeah. So brave of me. Brave of me. That's interesting. Yeah, so I'd love to talk about that too. But in in, in essence, I think I'd love to know a bit about your everyday lives and how you specifically get started and also then how you feel like as performers, as women, as a mother, you um, start with anything. Like how, what are the politics behind your decisions? Because I think there's so much of our everyday which sort of parlays to the bigger world and I'd love to know, what's up with you guys? (laughs) I have to say, the one nice so thing about much. having cans and being inside yeah. is I do feel like I'm play acting as Fraser Crane. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you yeah, are yeah. both Ross. <laughs> I was projecting yeah. that onto you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Zach who needs to be Ross behind the glass giving us late special yeah. signals. True. Yes, Brother yeah, Zach is Ross. Yeah. You guys are Niles. 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 I've Martin, I've never I seen a full episode what? of Fraser. I know. It's one of those big black cultural holes in my life. In which case, you can be Daphne. Okay. Great. That's a small gag small for the slams. listeners. Because okay. <laughs> oh, because she's the one British one? Yeah. 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 Okay, see, I knew enough to understand Yeah, yeah, that. yeah, you got it. All right. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> back yourself. Yeah. Yeah, you can join in. I can join in. Um, so I would love to know about um, your motivations, uh, how you start in the morning, mm-hmm. but also like how you feel like when you come to new projects, how do you motivate yourself to start? And then sort of in a bigger picture, as uh, women, do you feel like there are obstacles you have to come across, maybe as professional women in comedy, or just women every day? Is there, are, Do you come up against things and you have to sort of deal with them in a certain way that might be interesting for us to hear about? And should we start with Tessa? Wow. Oh, Wow. Thank so you. much. So much. There's, yeah. I mean, so much. Definitely. Thank you. Um, wow. I'm going to begin with something that you I've been thinking about a lot recently, and I just want to touch on your lean-in Sheryl Sandberg um, about all the instructions are like, speak up, make sure you're <coughs> well quiet. Thank you. <laughs> speak up, make sure your voice is heard um, when you go into the room so that men aren't in, intimidated by the sound of your, your mm. high lady voice. Um, <laughs> be very confident. Um you're thinking about, you know, say, are these the pencils when you yeah. when you walk in? I, I think all of those instructions are a sort of um, how to get ahead in a man's world space. Um, and I think increasingly we're moving in this direction that's like, oh, maybe we don't, those don't have to be the instructions. Maybe we can be like, oh, maybe women can, maybe women have got their own thing going on. I recently, at my grandma's, me, my mom, and my grandma had to move an extremely cumbersome table that involved a lot of um, physics to Mm. work out how to maneuver it and it was make we laughed we're all very much on the same wavelength as three people but we also were coming to it in a way that I was so aware that if my dad or my granddad had been there they'd have had a plan we'd have all been been like no stop laughing eyes on me Mm -hmm. we're we're moving this you pick up that end whereas we were just sort of working it out quite slow much slower than a man would have done it but we did get there and without anybody having to shout and we were really proud of ourselves and I felt like oh we I think we've sort of in this whole conversation we've managed about like you know the leaning in the starting the confidence thing we've managed to be like oh women are women have got their whole own thing going on that Mm. rather than trying to ignore and be like I'll pretend to be this you know maybe we can tap into in a different sort of way um I just think uh, move things with your grandma more. That's what I'm, <laughs> what I'm saying. Um, but to your, answer your question about uh, how do I start, I mean, so I would also resonate with being extremely lazy. Um, and I think it's something that probably everybody feels. And um, I remember in like Lena Dunham's book, she talks about how incredibly lazy she is. Mm. And, you know, you you can't, you read that and you think, good Lord, mate, like you've got a feature film, an HBO show, two books, like it's very hard for anybody to 
um, be like to believe you when you say that. And yet I and I also don't believe and I know that I believe that you believe you to be lazy, mm. Amy, but I also know that you have a hit podcast and a great job and work extremely hard and do don't make me cry. Okay. <laughs> hundreds of things. And so I know that it's both possible to the to the outside world to, pe- to appear wildly productive and to internally mm. be like, but I'm the laziest girl in town. Mm. Um, you know, I have so many watch work to do, and instead I can easily watch five hours of Love Island and right, right. drink alone. Mm, you yeah. know, totally, yeah. and be very content, um, and trick myself into the idea that the brain needs like lazy time mm. in order to be creative and stuff. Um, and I think on on how I start anything always I've been driven it, it, I like sort of wait until I just can't not do it basically mm. oh. um <laughs> Ooh. you find that stressful yeah it like so in other words sort of like you this is a more complimentary way of saying it which I can say because I'm not you so I can compliment for you. sure but like it's like um like a work well under pressure you need a deadline like that oh yeah stuff, so yeah. it's a combination of both working w- very well under pressure and also lacking the incentive to begin without the deadline Right. Mm. Which is a terrible trait, and I must get out of it. But also, um, you know, when I first started doing stand-up, it's because it, like, physically felt like I had to do this thing now. Like, I was mm. – it was, like – it would become – it was really dominating everything I was thinking about, and I would stop being able to go and enjoy anyone else's comedy or, yeah. you know, because I was like, oh, I want to do it, you know? Whereas now I'm totally content. You know, I don't have any of those feelings anymore because I have this area that I'm in control of in my mm. life. Um I know, yeah, sorry. No, I'm so interested in that. Um, and I would love to come back to it. Please. I find I'm also motivated by either other people's deadlines or other people's, not success, but like doing the thing I mm-hmm, want to mm-hmm. do. When you heard that the topic was how to start, how did that make you feel? Um, I hoped it would, I feel like I have some good starting anecdotes, maybe. Mm. So I, want, I hope I have something to say about that. Like, I think, I think, um, Tessa, when you were just talking about, like, you just, like, that you start something because you know you have to. Mm -hmm. Like, I had, I had done stand-up when I was 22, and I did it for six months, and it was just unmanageable. It was so terrible and so, and I was bad at it. And I stopped, and it was, like, such a joyous thing. But then it was, like, this cancer inside me for 13 years Oy. before I started again at 35, which is a weird age to start stand-up Tell at. me what you mean by the word cancer. What I mean is, like, like when I first started dating my husband, who is British, which is why I moved here, he um, – I came to visit in August. And he was like, oh, would you want to go up to Edinburgh? Like, the Fringe Festival is going on. I was like, I can't do that. Right. Because it was like all the people, it mm-hmm. was like this thing or I couldn't, like on the very random occasion I would go to like a comedy club in New York. It wasn't a pleasant experience for me because like the idea of like standing out in the back of the club and like the mm-hmm. comics looking at their watches before they get, it was like so what I thought was the coolest thing and yeah. I couldn't okay, okay. do it. So yeah. why did you, why did you stop? The, it it was so unpleasant, mm. and I couldn't... The scene or your feelings? My feelings. Mm. And the scene, you know, we're talking 2003 in yeah. New York City. No. It, it, I mean, that was straight up like, I got a woman on the bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People, you know, that kind people of... People are wearing Von Dutch hats. Yeah, it's, 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 it's just a different time. It was the, the low-rise jeans. It was all... Yes, course. the low-rise jeans. Yeah. It was a difficult time for us all. Yeah. It was a trying time. Oy. Um, and I just, I couldn't, 
I, I couldn't get whatever it was out. Like, I had an idea, but there was and, – and then I sort of started writing some stuff, and I was like, oh, if I just – if I just – wrote some stuff and didn't have to perf- like what if you could just sort of like sit around and write some stuff in the day and then go wait tables at night and you didn't have to get on stage mm-hmm. oh but my the, God. the thing the, the, you know the, the checking the watches and the all the, the cool, the cool stuff, stuff that was not enough for you to be a bomb over the crappy bits? no because I knew I hated it was so hard to be one of the bad ones yeah. right okay okay like that's the thing to stand up that it's like there are people who get up and they're good at it and people who get up and are not good and the people who are not good either don't understand that they're bad mm-hmm. or they understand that they're bad they're and don't know how to fix it mm-hmm. or they're bad and they know how to fix it and I knew I was bad and I didn't know how to fix it yeah and I was like we're out there's that great quote, and I'm going to annoy myself by not knowing the person who wrote it. I will put it in the footnotes of the episode, yes. um, which is like, don't let your taste get in the way of your success, which is that when you start something, <laughs> I've never heard you that. do it because you have, you know, you like a thing. So like you love writing, you love reading. So that's why you start writing. But then obviously your skill level is not going to be up to the level of the things you love because you read amazing books and you read amazing writers. Yeah, okay. You don't let your taste stop you from getting to that point. Like, you will always be shit at the beginning. Yeah. And don't, don't let your internal taste, which is the reason that you started doing a thing that you love, stop you. Yes, except it was, it was, it was also this thing, like, I couldn't, I didn't feel any progress. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but that's tough. And it was just... Miserable. So you said you had good start anecdotes. So when you were 35. You're like, Sarah, so could you say something? <laughs> no, no, no. Because I'm listening to this. I'm like, but you are not, you are someone who I think has started lots of interesting and things. And you obviously did work out how to make it, that yeah. you were bad and you worked out how to make it good. Ish. But I, I think there was something about like at 35, I just went, like I was excited to do the, you know, I booked myself in at a couple open mics and I did the first one and it was fine. You know, it went well and it went terribly sort of all at the same time. And it was like I knew I had another one booked in in like four days. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, right, that thing didn't work. But maybe if I boom, it'll work. Like it was just like something had sort of and so do you, shifted. Do you start – because you said you four days later you had another one booked in and yeah. I'm aware that you – prodigiously book stuff in and you sort of administrate yourself into doing lots of gigs. Yeah. And you you sort of set yourself up for success, I guess, by doing that. Is that something that you've always done? Well, this is when you guys are like the laziness thing is so, so interesting because I think I am in some ways the like, like so not – lazy mm. but that's like any of that stuff just stems from a fear of being like fundamentally feeling super lazy mm. and i think like i'm a real i'm real good at the admin yeah i will be there early i'll book the thing you know i will be the a plus student all the time <laughs> but it's cuz of like thinking I'm stupid or something. Mm. But that's so interesting because you're so clearly not stupid. No, but I I am a little. I mean, I am a little bit stupid about there there're just these certain things like so in like moments of high marital drama, right? Like we are fighting. Mm. The shit is coming out. <laughs> I know what my husband feels is that he's with a baby. Sure. 
Like he said that. But I mean, it was a fair point based yeah. on the art. You know, he's like, I feel like I'm married to a fucking baby. <laughs> because I was like, I don't know. Mom and dad used to do that for me. I like a fucking baby. And the, the self-loathing of that incompetence mm. is so crushing that the only thing I know how to do is like book myself in to do five gigs this week to compensate for the self-loathing that comes from parents who sorted a lot of shit out for me or so, something like that, I think. So it's like I've got a real, like when you were talking about like, oh, my pa- I don't, you didn't use the word high functioning. That's my word. But your parents who were very hardworking. Yeah. Like mine were as well, but like they're super high functioners. And both my brother and I are real hard workers and super low functional. Wow. Like my brother, that my brother does it as well is really helpful because it feels less gendered. Mm. Like his wife has to do everything for them. And it's because your parents were so high functioning that they incorporated your needs into their I think so. It's like like if we do any travel, my husband has to sort everything. But I find that so interesting and I agree it's interesting to think your brother has a two long gender lines. Like I have this which is maybe something about starting, which is that there's an amazing comedian called Anna Crilly, who is in Anna and Katie, the sketch group, and she had this Instagram post where she said, people ask me how I do it. She's a mother, she's got a few kids, blah, blah, blah. and she goes, I never look under here. And then it was a picture of under her kitchen cabinets where the like, you know, like when it's built in and there's like a tiny, like uh, sort of bit at the bottom White that hides the bottom. Yeah, of yeah. Like a wood. sort of a, a thin piece of cardboard slash wood yeah. that would hide what's underneath. Anyway, it had yeah. fallen down and you could just see there was like dust bunnies everywhere. And you were like, I don't look under here. And I was like, interesting. <laughs> that is the only way. Like you have to choose a few things. Yeah. And your children and your career mm-hmm. have you chosen. I assume. I mean, I took a lot from this Instagram post. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, wow, but you wow, gotta wow. do. You gotta do it. <laughs> I was like, I truly know the woman, and I have never met her. <laughs> this is so intense of me to say. I think about it a lot because to start, I definitely when I'm like, I've got to get going, got to do things. I will allow myself the indulgence of thinking that some sort of domestic task is as important as a creating task. Like, I'm always impressed when people are able to do the thing. Like, they don't, they know that there's one thing to do and they start that. Right. I totally allow myself the indulgence sometimes of being like, well, oh, this domestic task needs doing. And I don't do that in a sort of, um, I, don't, I don't think I do it in like a sort of 1950s housewife. Like, it's just as important. Like, I, I know it's not. I do it. It's In avoidance. a sort of martyred way. No, no. Oh. oh. It's like an emotional labor <laughs> um, dark hole in me <laughs> where I am like, I shall fix it. Well, of course, no one else will. You know, right. it's, not, it's not pretty. It's like I, like sometimes to avoid starting, I think I totally allow myself to sort of indulge in like, and I say this as a privileged person, right? Like, no, like I have no baby. I have no real dependence. Like if I don't clean the kitchen, it's not really going to affect anyone apart from myself. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, I'm not introducing a child into unsanitary environments by not yeah. doing this stuff. So obviously there are some women listening to this who'll be like, I would love to just be like, oh, I guess I'll clean the kitchen today. You know, like as if it was like a sweet indulgence rather than like a thing you have to do all the time. But I do think I allow myself um, – to sort of sit in pointless things like I've got to be 
I don't know. I'm finding it hard to to be eloquent about it because I think what I basically do is instead of starting the thing that I want, the thing that I think I need, I'll allow myself to sort of sit in a sort of an emotional labor, martyrdom, indulgence zone where I just do the things that society thinks are good. And do you think that the starting avoidance is about... Like the phrase that just came into my head, which is not the right one, but it's something about like putting your money where your mouth is or the way that we make ourselves vulnerable. If you're sort of like, what what could be if mm-hmm. I wrote that book that I want or wrote mm-hmm. the novel that I think is in me or really tried stand up and didn't and fucking committed to like that sort of stuff. Do you think it's about not wanting to make yourself vulnerable in that I, way? I'm sure that's part of it, like fear of failure that if you start, if you never start it, you can never be right. bad at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think as well, I do wonder as well, there's like a sort of feminist element to it, which is maybe more like something you'd recognize if you worked in an office, which is that if you, if you put yourself out there, then you're a target in some ways. Right. Like, mm-hmm. And when, a, maybe when a sort of cis het white guy puts himself out there, everyone's like, as expected. Mm-hmm. You know, when they don't put themselves out there, they're like, what's wrong with him? You know, like, right. there's a sort of easy, I, I think I often talk about on the show, like, um, taking the path that's well trodden is obviously so much easier than, like, forging your own path across the field of our brain. Of course. Or right. society. Mm-hmm. Um, Tessa, you don't live in London. You understand fields? Certainly. <laughs> yeah. Love a good field mm-hmm. analogy. Um, do you feel like when you sort of, that your career has taken you off a sort of well-trodden path and you're in, like, you're trying to, like, make your own path in this sort of terrifying field of society's needs and wants. How does that make you feel? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Gosh, mm. gosh, um, I, I don't know. I, um, I guess I to put some poli- politics in it for the moment. I follow Alexandra Casio Cortez, AOC, AOC, and, ha- and I just like to say I've been there. Fanciest way I've ever heard her name said. Yeah, 
Cortez. Is that not Cortez. it? Cortez. Cortez. Oh, you said it right. You just said it in your beautiful RP accent. I've never heard it said aloud, so oh. I didn't know. <laughs> I thought it was great, and I say no, that you, as an American. No, you nailed it. You, 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 you were great. You yes. were perfect. Go on. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have shamed you. Shame. Shame. <laughs> Shame. Shame. I just, I just, A, I want to say that I've been following her since before, you know, before she even made it into the Senate. Oh so, you know, I was mean there from the very beginning. Yes. But I see in so much of her work, like, she sometimes posts things, you know, she's incredible on Instagram, and I can't recommend her enough, um, but she sometimes post things about like people who so and so had to walk so x had to walk so y could run Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of that and so i think when i not that i feel anyway i'm doing anything important but anytime i do feel like treading a different path through the field you know you feel like well maybe i'm just making it easier for somebody else to come behind me Mm -hmm. and that sort of feels exciting in its own in its own way yeah um and i think um i yeah it's certainly um I think the first time I heard the idea that, like, if there wasn't a space for you at the table, you had to build your own table. I remember being absolutely exhausted by the idea. Mm. But now that I'm probably halfway through my table and it, like, looks like a table mm, and right. people can come and at least sit near me <laughs> at it, it's not fully formed and it hasn't got three legs yet, but it looks like a table. Now I'm like, oh, yeah, obviously this is the better better choice but at the beginning of that process and the same way of beginning anything it feels like so exhaustingly monumental you're like no yeah um and i guess the whole of life is just realizing that there's sort of no there's never going to be a peak to this mountain even though every time you're like oh in a minute then that's the horizon then i'll be able to stand on that Mm. thing and like look down upon my great achievements and then you'll be like oh there's another hill there's another hill right right. and you just realize it's going to be that it's going to be that forever do you deal well with failure um, yes. Uh, uh, yeah. I th- yeah. I think. Mm, interesting. Mm. Uh, I don't know. It took me a long time to get out of it. We went to a very um, highly functioning, very academic girls' school um, that everyone was, a lot of people were the children of, were scholars and the children of academics. It was in Oxford. And we weren't one of the very, um, there were three extremely posh ones that you basically just paid your money and you didn't have to be very clever. You didn't have to pass an entrance exam to go right. and they were extremely posh boarding schools. And we were at just a day school where everyone was quite, it wasn't, wasn't that rich but was quite bonkers and very clever. That would be my description of our school. And therefore it had this ethos that was like, it's A star or bust. Like this is what you achieve. And everybody believe, bought into that idea. And we had this idea that was basically like better no homework than some bad homework. So you, if you hadn't done your homework and you couldn't do it quick enough, um, you know, you'd try and finish on that. If it wasn't good enough, you just didn't hand it in. You took the thing of being like, I take a, I'll take a zero wow. rather than take a lesser thing that I am capable of. That is such a bad life lesson. It's terrible. I mean, obviously wow. no, one, no one was actually standing at the front of class and saying that yeah. was what you should do. No, yeah. of course. But that was what we all privately and quietly ingested as absolutely the better way. Like yeah. better to have oh. better a zero than, you know, than a, a, B. Than a B because you didn't want to ever hand in and to put a, <laughs> a showing example into the mix. My mum as a child um, briefly lived with a family who showed working hunter ponies and you, um, when you, of extremely unrelatable content here, but you, <laughs> you go around the outside of the circle with your pony and um, then they pull you in one by one. So you first, the, the winner is pulled in first oh, to stand wow. in the line. So therefore you are pulled in one by one. Oh, It's like X Factor, but very much so. Brutal. So you pull, pull in to and you, that's the winner. <laughs> um, I... Um, she, as a child, went, lived with this family who, if you weren't pulled in first, you left the ring. Oh. 
So if you you never <laughs> didn't oh, place, yikes! So there was no, you know, and like showing is the the dumbest. Of, there's no there's no there's no athleticism to it. You, you just, literally just show the pony. You just brush a pony and then you walk it around. The road. Like it's so silly. Uh, but in, so in one Kikanta, sometimes you do some more impressive stuff. But like that was their ethos was like you don't if you don't if you don't place you leave. Wow. So therefore your track record is only. 100%. You right. only ever win or you, you only ever become second or whatever. Um, and that, I think, was a similar thing to what my child, my school was like, was like you, because you knew you were capable of better. So when you know you're not very good, you're just like, oh, whatever, I'll do it. But if you know you're capable of something better, mm. to hand in something substandard is was so much a hard thing. And then as an adult, my whole adult life has basically been about dislearning that lesson yeah. and <laughs> dislearning, of course, and also <laughs> <laughs> failing any of the education <laughs> I had. Um was taking that lesson away and realizing that, like, obviously it's better to hand in your bad homework. Like, yeah. obviously just get the stuff done and make some better homework next time and yeah. learn from it. But don't, this track record of zeros will help no one. Like, just mm. do your work. Um, and so I'm much, much better at failure than I am. That is, I mean, what a life lesson. Wow. That is so interesting. It really reminds me of, like, some conversations around, like, modern feminism being too... Like, I, I was part of a book called... Um, I call myself a feminist, still in print, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was lots of different articles by different people. And one of the articles was titled, um, We Should Be Able to Fail Too. So it's like, feminism shouldn't be... Uh, of course we should have equal rights. Look at Angela Merkel. Mm-hmm. Like, it shouldn't be, look at the best of us. It should be yeah. like, we just deserve equal rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't need to show you how that women doctors can save lives just as well as men's. Right. It's like, right, 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 this right. woman can do a podcast just as well as this man. Like, yeah. it's, it's the most banal things mm-hmm. and the most brilliant things. It doesn't right. matter. Mm-hmm. It should just be equal. And it really, it similarly sort of helped me think about how I have internalized some versions of feminism too, which is I did a talk at a school. Thank you um, for free. <laughs> for free, of course, and far away from my house. Oh, I she know. had to commute. I did, all the way to tooting. Yes. Uh, anyway, and it was it was great. And uh, there was this like much younger girl than was the age limit I had been told was going to be there. Anyway, she said, my... I'm really good at throwing and catching, oh. which, and I was like... Brilliant. Great. Fab, because... That is also one of my top skills, uh, <laughs> my surprising skills, I think. Can anyway. you throw? Um, yeah. Wow. You're athletic. This is what we've learned. Secretly what athletic. I've learned. Uh, well, in every podcast, I like to get one little brag Little out. brag in. Bragging I can catch there. the magic But I brag. can't throw. I find throwing So therefore I'm trapped with hard. the ball. Sure. <laughs> You're trapped with the ball. Great catch. I have, and to, then I have to run it, it to you. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah. But do you ever do I, the throw when you really amp up and you really ramp up and then you let go too late and it hits the floor? Yeah, of course. Oh, God. I, this is so weird that you both know that you can... Can or can't do. I have no idea how my, well I throw. My dad catch. is oh, from Canada, uh, as is my mom. It's and a Canadian. Thing, my dad maybe. didn't get any go- any boys, so my summers were spent in the field. There we go, <laughs> throwing and back my and forth with summers my dad. were spent in Canada with my of my thirteen cousins, all boys apart from me and two others. So ten boys, desperately trying to flatten my boobs and catch a ball. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> desperate. Ow! But anyway, briefly in this thing, the girl said, "I'm really good at catching and throwing." We were all like, "Well done!" Clap, clap, clap. And she said. But I've started to be teased by this boy because he says that, um, that like girls shouldn't be good at catching and throwing. So then we were like, okay, so we dealt with that. And she was like, yeah. He, and then she was like, no, that's not really my problem because I understand he's an idiot. And I was like, you're seven. But wow. she said, my problem is now that he said that, I feel, and I'm paraphrasing her, paraphrasing her here, 
the weight of womanhood on my shoulder. Right, right, right. Anytime I think I'm going to drop the ball. Like anytime yes. the catch is coming in, I yes. think it's going to hit the ground. Sorry. I think, well, I've screwed women yeah. forever because yeah. this boy is right. Like mm-hmm. I shouldn't be good and I am not good and all this stuff. And I was like, there's a version of feminism which is like, you will let down everyone, all women everywhere, if you are not constantly achieving and constantly at the top of your game. Yes. And I think That's like problem. all the women in the uh, the World Cup went in with that. Yeah. That, like not only was like here they were to have a good, nice, fun game and try and win. There was like the the invisible scrutiny that was like any time they every time they did well they were like oh nothing there was like par yeah. but any time they did badly it was going to have this like well of course they can't they're women yeah. like, you know and then any woman standing up on a bill that in a comedy bill that was showing the woman you know she knows that she's going up there with the weight of like women aren't funny whereas like every white man has just been allowed to be crap without anyone saying mm. men aren't yeah. funny like I think um, I really feel for that seven year old so it feels like as we come towards the end of our time Certainly. I love that we've ended talking about the American women's uh, football oh. team like I'm a, fully obsessed with Megan Rapinoe like the way that it, she accepts wh- compliments oh my god oh I'm what? I've been listening to her going we're not going to the fucking White House maybe uh, yes. 40 to 50 times a day well, I've been listening to her going I deserve this I deserve this and she's like dancing with yeah. all her com- I was like maybe I deserve it <laughs> is that what she's saying I deserve this at one dance point. when she's on that when they're all seated on those chairs yeah, and then there's one, yeah, when they're on stage. Yeah, and she's yeah, dancing. And she's going, I deserve, I deserve this. It's so great. It's also, it's like, it's almost uh, the yeah. point of this whole talk. It's like what women want is to start. It's like we're all looking for permission, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? Like mm-hmm. we're always looking for per- I remember I was in a bad job and I was like, why would my mother or boyfriend tell me to leave? Like I had yes. that actual thought. Yes. And then I was like, oh, maybe great. I should tell myself to leave. Yes, You know, right. we're yes. constantly waiting for permission for things. Yes. And then you see Someone like Megan Rapinoe be like, I deserve this, and you're like, God, you did yes. not ask for permission. Yeah. No. And if your thing that you're waiting for is either that you see someone ahead of you, like Megan Rapinoe, that you're like, shit, if she like, yeah. I should aspire to that, or you see someone totally crap to over to, trying to overtake you in the swimming lane, yeah, yeah. and you're like, shit, I can swim faster, or yeah. I can do this thing, and so either you're running in front of somebody, or you're running towards, yeah. you know, someone ahead of well, you. Well, your table analogy really, I enjoyed it a lot. Thank um, you, because it was so visual for a podcast medium. Thank oh, you. Oh yes, it was super visual, it Tessa. It's great, <laughs> very visual. It was, it wasn't it? Yeah, because I was like, see it. I remember you saying half a table, and I'm really yeah. fixated on your half. And table I can't wait. I would finishing. love all podcast listeners to write in and tell me what kind of wood they saw. For me, it was a gleaming m- maple. Oh, oh, I, mine wasn't that nice. Okay, that's okay. Mine was that's like okay. we're sort of sat at like a, my, I, unfinished. Yeah, because you're building it. You're yeah. working on. Well, the my table. hope is that at the end, my table and there's space for lots of yes, people at yes. it when it's finished. Mm-hmm. A mahogany, mahogany. Uh, a beautiful... And not only that, it's got an inlay of a map, like um, a sort of... Stop it. Yeah, yeah, it's like very Game of Thrones. Yeah, very Game of yeah, Thrones, yeah, military yeah. tactician yeah, yeah. table. Well, please do write in and let me know what kind of wood you saw when <laughs> Tessa table. evoked that visual oh imagery God, in your brain. Your past podcast is just called Tessa's Table, and we all meet at your table. I would love that, but no, there's enough yeah, podcasts. No, there's enough podcasts. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you so much, Sarah Barron, Tessa Coates. Thank I really you, enjoyed Anna. this. Thank you so much. If you had any us. sort of words of wisdom for listeners, as, as I think often people think of comedians as being brave, as like they they have done the ultimate scary thing and got on stage in front of people. You did start. How? What kind of top tip? One sort of bon mot would you give to anyone listening? God, I mean, I think it's it's is it is about taking whatever the task is and. 
sort of breaking it down to like a one foot in front of the other approach. Mm. So what I want to I want to write a novel or what I, like then tomorrow it's going to be tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow you have to write 200 words. That's all. It's one double spaced page. Yeah. Or you know I want to quit my job or whatever. Then tomorrow you're going to go on to, you know, like what is the tiniest step in the right direction that you can That's great. do? Yeah. I feel like I convened you all here quite early in the morning in Old Street just for you to tell me that. <laughs> oh. I need to hear that myself. Do you need to start something? I think I, I, I that is my great shame. What is it you're waiting yeah, to start, we wanna, Amy? You want to start, Amy? Life. In which Amy. case, you need to, life is not enough. You need to know your goal. I know crystallize it in your mind you don't have yeah. to share it with anyone yeah. and you have to be like what is the smallest thing my very first also I have in my drawer at home an A3 who doesn't love an A3 piece of paper <laughs> in which during a very low point in my life where I didn't have a house or a job and I was living at my friend sleeping in my friend Lucy's bed while she went to work every day and I made this A3 of all the things I wanted to achieve and some of them were literally like build a B hotel <laughs> and like make this make this like little um, apple juice labels that I'd wanted to do for it like stupid things but there was also do a one woman show was on there and like all of this big stuff and now I it's maybe four four years old now this paper and I find it occasionally and I look at like how many things I've actually managed to cross off um, from like writing them down and how they felt monumental mm. at the time and now I'm like oh hey I, I did them yeah um, so write them down break them down I think it's also it's like candid admission of goal yeah do you know what I mean Tell like someone a, else please. yeah or it's also it's like be very Honest, because I just think there's so much judgment and weight attached to, like, what any of us want, yeah. whether it's, like, something to do with a family or a boyfriend mm. or, like, you know, I, I – not, not quite as much now. I just turned 40. But, like, but a few years ago, like, at 35, I knew a bunch of women where it's, like, really all they want is a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. It is the thing they want. But that feels so fucking humiliating to be like, I just want a man. Yeah. Yeah. So being that you honest. can't say it. And so it's – and that's a different thing. It's like how do you start to find a man? You know, that's right. like a whole whatever. But but just like candid admission of what you want. Mm -hmm. That feels like that's hard for people too, I think. An amazing place to end this show, which is called What Women Want. Yes. It's all about – being what honest you about want what you and want. What do you Say want? what you want. Yeah. And also knowing that what you want might not be what other people want, and that's okay. And feminism is like a wide house. Yeah. Yeah. Wide umbrella. Something about a white church. Ship. Broad church. Broad, broad church. church. It's a broad church. Broad church. Uh, feminism is the hit TV show Broad Church. Yes. So tune in, enjoy Olivia Coleman, and then do whatever you like in life. Um, thank you so much, Sarah Baron Tessa Coates. It's thank been you so such much. A pleasure. What a beautiful way to start the morning. Thank you. Uh, I enjoyed this so much. And also, as always, we could talk for four more hours. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that is, I'm furious that we have to leave the studio, but uh, my brother Zachary is tapping on the Roz window. Roz is tapping on the window. <laughs> Saying we have to go. Yeah. Roz, go to one of your unsuitable men. God, is that your, is that your? No, I freaked out about doing a phrase. Start. I commit. I think I'm better at Niles. <laughs> is that good? I think it's, I'm listening. Oh, really good. Oh, and see, know your Good strengths. night, Seattle. Yeah. Good night, Seattle. Good night. <laughs> Keep listening. I've lost it. <laughs> Back yourself. <laughs> I don't think I've watched enough Frasier. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Um, Bye. So, 
Have we figured out what women want? Hmm, maybe. But the only thing I do know from season one, 100%, is that all this woman wanted was for some nice tweets from people telling me that they nodded along as they listened to the show. <laughs> thanks to everyone for all your support so far. Thanks to Shola Alerje, and thanks to producer extraordinaire Zakanet, who recorded, edited, and pizzazzed this entire season. Music is by The Artisans by Jamendo Publishing. Now, I know you know, but war mama, I gotta tell you, we are going to Edinburgh, baby. We will be at the Pleasants for six dates only, Saturdays and Sundays, throughout August. Please head to the Pleasants website to get your tickets. I would really love to see you there, and please let me know if the podcast is what brought you. I'd love to shake your hand and hold it for just a little bit too long to say. Thanks. See you there. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.